Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 741. Well, I would say once again, be honest, kind, appreciative, respectful, enjoy people. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Judy Stropus. Hey, Judy, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I'm ready. Ready to go. (laughs) You are a lady. It's always ready to go. Judy Stropas is the owner of JVS Enterprises Public Relations in Ridgefield, Connecticut. Author and scriptwriter Brock Yates once described Judy as a racing personality since her career in motorsports has covered a gamut of disciplines, and oh my, has it. She's a driver, a racer, an author, professional time scorer, and award-winning public relations expert. She's worked with top teams, including Hensky Racing, Brumos Racing, Budmore Racing, and Al Holbert's Porsche IndyCar team, just to name a few. She served as a judge at the finest Concours events, competed in vintage races, rallies, and received numerous awards, including the RRDC Bob Aiken Award. Judy competed in the notorious Cannonball Baker Sea to Shining Sea Memorial Trophy Dash back in 1972, and that's the one where actress Adrienne Barbeau played Judy, her character loosely based on the movie Cannonball Run. Judy, I have told our listeners just a little bit about you. Oh my gosh, your history's incredible. Please take a moment, share a little bit more about your career and your passion for automobiles before we jump into the questions. Well, it's hard to explain, but I started as a, a teenager on Long Island, joined the Queen Sports Car Club, and had a boyfriend at the time who started me in cars. He taught me how to drive in a 120 Jaguar. I became the editor of the Queen Sports Car Club newsletter, eventually the SCCA regional newsletter, and then Carl Ludvigson hired me to work for him, and then I also took the Chevrolet account, not away from him, but He had a conflict of interest, and I continued the process. And at the same time, I was timing and scoring, running to races all over the country for the top teams. And I also race cars, vintage cars, all kinds of cars. And I'm now retired, technically, but I'm working on a numerous number of projects on the event organization side and the PR side. And it's awesome. Yes. Now, I'll tell our listeners, when I was introduced to Judy by one of my my other guests, I looked at her resume, if you will, and oh my gosh, this lady's been there, done that. You've done everything. I mean, it's just incredible, your your past. We're going to learn a lot more about you as we continue through your automotive journey. But first, I always like to ask my guests for a success quote or a mantra. It's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars, yeah? So, Judy, take the wheel. Well, the only quote I could come up with came from Mark Donahue, who had a great sense of humor. And I used to be very afraid to fly in airplanes. And in the beginning, I used to have to fly on the Penske jets privately, which, of course, as a teenager <laughs> or just just 20 or so was enormously fascinating. But uh, I would always tell Mark, you know, I'm really nervous about flying. And he used to just say, you know what? You'll get over it. <laughs> and, and also in life, if I was upset about something or something really made me angry, he would just say, you know, calm down, just get over it. You'll get over it. 
Wow. Well, what a tremendous opportunity to know Mark Donahue the way you did and fly around the gens- the, the uh, Penske jet. I, mean, I told you, listeners, this is one incredible lady. She's been there, done that. She knows everybody in the industry. So just get over that. You know, I'm going to remember that one next time I'm upset about something. My wife kind of does that with me when I get upset. She's like, you know, Mark, not everybody's going to behave the way you think they're going to behave. So just get over it. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Let's go back in time. You talked about learning how to drive in an old Jaguar 120. Is that what that was? Exactly. A 1950 XK120. Wow. Absolutely fantastic. Well, tell us a story that instigated your passion for cars. What was that pivotal moment when you realized that you were indeed a car gal? Well, I think it was with my boyfriend at the time, and we joined the Queen's Sports Car Club and got involved in all these uh, events. Uh, that's where I learned how to time and score, because the women there were doing timing and scoring for mm-hmm. SCCA events at Bridgehampton, Lime Rock. And so that's when I learned that I had that ability, which who knew? Who knew that I had that ability unless until I was put in front of a stopwatch and, and learned how to do it. And the fact that I learned to drive on that XK120 and, and a 57 Chevy at the same time. Uh, and I actually, actually took the driving test in a, a rented car because neither of those cars were the <laughs> right cars to take. Yeah. So I'd say that was a pivotal moment. And Paul eventually uh, made the 120 into a race car, put an XKE engine into it and started to race it. So then I bought an Alfa Romeo Giulia and eventually a Fovea Coupe. So I've had all kinds of interesting cars. Uh, yeah, you have. Oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to talk about those in a few minutes. But first, I'd like to take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk a little bit about a huge challenge or a big failure that you faced along the way in your career. And, of course, the most important part of this question is not so much the actual situation, but what did it teach you? So kind of take us, walk us through that painful time and, and tell us how you uh, or how that experience helped you gain even more momentum. Well, I think it was... When I became a race car driver, I was already known in the business for my timing and scoring, the PR, but I decided to race cars. And I went through the normal channels because I knew I could get some help, but I said, no, I'll go through the normal channels. So, of course, at the beginning, I wasn't that fast. So I I realized that the men I was racing against were a little upset. They, they thought that I had some influence in getting in, getting a license before I really was ready, but that uh-huh. wasn't true. I went through the normal channels, but they made me so angry at their reactions that I really improved very quickly to the <laughs> point where I started to blow their doors off. Uh-huh. And that really gave me a great confidence and eventual respect from them. I just didn't have it in the beginning. In the Volkswagen Cup Series that I did, it was fabulous. We had such a great time. I would think I was the only woman. There was one one other woman. It's funny. She and I did a lot of drafting together, uh-huh. and we'd pass all the guys. It was great. <laughs> they gave me so much respect. We had so much fun that it all just calmed down after a while. Yeah, those darn guys. Jeez, what's, yeah. what's with them? <laughs> you know, your story reminds me. I had the, the late, great Denise McCluggage on the show a few years back, and I would assume you've run into her, too, because you've known her. Everybody. She shared a lot of the same things when she started racing and having challenges with men and their attitudes about things. Yeah, sometimes you just have to show the guys, hey, I can keep up and I can I can bash you too. So to kind of put them in their place. What a great story. I love that. Well, she did that for sure. Absolutely. Yes, I do know. I did know uh, Denise. I, I actually visited her only two years before she died in Santa Fe and we had a great 
wonderful lady. I was so fortunate to have her on the show. Well, let's shift gears and let's go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share one of those career aha moments when you kind of had uh, the headlights kind of steered you down a new path. You've had a lot of pivots in your life. You've done a lot of different things. So tell us about one of those great aha moments, would you? Well, I have two. One is in the PR side and the other is in the racing side. So on the PR side, when I started to work for Carl Ludvigson, uh, the reason I started to work for him, he just, I would be covering uh, different events for the Queen Sports Car Club for the newsletter. I wasn't getting paid, you know. Mm-hmm. So I would go to many events and he, oh, actually I have three now. I just remembered another <laughs> one. But, but Carl walked up to me one day and said, I think you should work for me. And I said, okay. And we started uh, a great union of, and he was such a mentor to me. I, I would enti- entitle some of his books. He entitled my timing book. And he just was able to really bring me into the fold of professionalism in PR. And he, he was, he was also open to my traveling to the races and doing the timing and scoring. So mm-hmm. he was terrific. The other was Roger Penske, of course, when I was already timing for Bud Moore and but more, and I was about to retire in 1967, and Roger walks up to me and says, why aren't you working for me? And I say, <laughs> well, okay, I'll work for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was, that became, uh, you know, another great long-time uh, connection and really what I'm best known for these days. Oh, I, you know, it's just incredible to me. Carl Livingston, I've got many of his books Absolutely spectacular, iconic guy. And then, of course, the main guy. I mean, my goodness, Penske. So, wow, what an incredible opportunity. But I think the takeaway for me from those stories is you were in the right place at the right time, yes, but you were providing an awesome service and showing up, doing the job, and people noticed. Absolutely. Being at the right place at the right time. It was the right time of the sports growth. The sport was just beginning Mm -hmm. and it was starting to grow and sponsors were coming in and the races were getting longer. It was very important to know where you were. And uh, there were no computers at the time. So I did everything manually. Mm -hmm. It was hand to eye coordination, just like a race car driver. I had the ability with one stopwatch and papers and my, my eyes moved very quickly uh, I could memorize if I had to. It was it was just a unique ability, and it it was a value to people. It was amazing. I was getting paid. <laughs> Isn't it nice when you get paid to do what you love to do? Yes. Yeah, that's the magic elixir of life. And I know a little bird told me that you were an amazing woman when it came to your ability to score races and keep track of what who was going where and how the track was. I mean, there's a whole art to that. Nowadays, it's all done by computers and these little monitors on cars, so nobody has to really do what you did back then. But wow, you are one incredible lady. Well, let's talk about a proudest career moment. I would assume you've had many. You've received some amazing awards throughout your career, but is there one that really stands out and means the most to you? Well, the Bob Aiken Award I received last year, mm-hmm. and um, the Jim Chapman Award I received for public relations. The, the Bob Aiken Award was for general overall personality, I guess, and uh, uh, giving back to the sport. Mm-hmm. So that was very special. But there's one, back at Le Mans, when I used to time and score the 24-hour races, I was scoring the race, I don't remember the year, but it was for Jim Busby's uh, Mazda team. It was in the C2 class, and there were uh, it was a Japanese driver, and there was a contingent of Japanese people with the team. And so we did the 24-hour race. I during the race I put wives to work. I 
Jim Busby's wife, Susan, at the time, and Rick Noob's wife at the time. I put them to work, and they would take stints in doing certain things, and we'd put the results on the board. Mm -hmm. And after the race was over, we're just really tired. You know, we've been up maybe more than 24 hours. We've been up now for 30, 40 hours, and I'm just lying there in the hospitality area having a beer. (laughs) And I look up, and this, this wall of Japanese people are walking towards me, and I go, uh oh. So I stood on? up. <laughs> yeah. I stood up and I, I stood there and I looked at them and they looked at me and they each bowed in unison and said, Thank you for a perfect job. Wow. And I'll never forget that because even now I, I, I get a rush and I'm getting embarrassed just thinking about about that. It was such a wonderful yeah. reward after being up for so long. Arigato gozaimasu. Yes. Wow. What an awesome experience, man. That's very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun and go back in time here. You alluded to or you told us about some of the very cool cars that you've had, but what was your first really, really special car? And maybe you could share a memory you have of that vehicle. Well, I think... I would have to say the 120 Jaguar because I learned to drive on it, and I technically became the owner of it, I think, for insurance reasons. <laughs> but So that was my first car. But then I had the Alfa Romeo Giulia that I bought in 64, and, of course, I crashed it at uh, after a race at Bridgehampton, went to a party, and uh, I, I just, uh-oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. And my friends in a Corvette came to pick me up at the hospital. I said, well, there's two of you in a Corvette. Where am I going to sit? So I ended up not uh, going home that night. I had to go home the next day. Oh, my I gosh. <laughs> I was just there temporarily, just overnight. And then I had the Lancia Fovia Coupe, and that was uh, I purchased that from Al Garthwaite in, in Philadelphia. He was friends of Roger Penske and, yeah. and a lot of our friends, George Winterstein and George and Gretchen Winterstein. And so he would ask me to drive. I would drive a Ferrari for him up to some location once in a while. So one time I was at the dealership and he says, here, try this car, the Lancia Fulvia Coupe. And I said, okay. And I drove that home and he said, you might want to buy it. And I drove it home. I loved it. And I ended up buying it. And then I ended up selling it to a friend of mine who I became the uh, bank because he paid me every month instead of the bank because he <laughs> couldn't get credit. And it worked out. It was great. Yeah. Oh, man. Some wonderful cars. The Fulvia, beautiful little car. And, of course, the Alpha Julia, just uh, gorgeous. And the 120, iconic. So, man, just a few of the many cars you've had fun with. How about a car you've owned that you've let go? Is there one that you really wish you had back in your garage? The Fulvia Coupe. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Absolutely. Okay. And I, I am now, uh, I love Audis and I love TTs. So I've had two TT, I've had four Audis already. Now I've had two TTs in the last few years. So. Oh, those are awesome. Yeah. I love those cars. Love them. I just love the way they look. I love the way they look. Uh, when this first came out, I went, man, you know, such a cool design, unique design. Kind of looks like somebody stepped on a Volkswagen Beetle. Yes, kinda, that's exactly what it looks yeah, like. Yeah, just kind of <laughs> flattened it out. Although, every time I've gotten into one of those, I always whack my head on the side of the thing. I, it's it's a lower car than you think it's supposed to be. So. Yeah, but I got used to that. <laughs> well, let's talk about today. Now, you talk about being retired, but I don't think there's such a word in your vocabulary, quite wow, honestly. Busier than ever. Well, that's a good way to be at any point in time in your life. But is what are you working on right now that has you really excited and fired up? Well, I'm working on a cannonball reunion of the old outlaws and some of the newer, do you call them in-laws? Well, they're, <laughs> they're, they're not, they, the, there was, the cannonball morphed into a legal rally eventually, uh-huh. but yeah. 
we were the original outlaws. So we're doing that in cooperation with Greenwich Concours and uh, the Greenwich Film Festival on June 2nd. So we're doing that, putting that together. And then uh, I organize um, the Legends Dinners for the International Motor Racing Research Center up in Watkins Glen. So we're honoring Mario Andretti on August 31. We've honored Chip Ganassi, Richard Petty, and Roger Penske so far. So mm-hmm. I work on that. I'm working, I'm helping with the Greenwich Concours. And we're also putting together, which hasn't even been announced yet. Well, yes, we did. Did we send out to save the date? We did. In at Laguna Seca Raceway, Mazda Raceway, a um, 60th celebration there of the track and We'll benefit the Road Racing Drivers Club, Safe is Fast, and Team USA, which is, uh, I represent the Road Racing Drivers Club on the PR side, and I'm also a member. Wow. So, therefore, I don't get paid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Thank you very much. (laughs) Well, yeah, you are a busy lady, that's for sure. But that's very cool. And honoring these people for their contributions over the years, just like you've been a great contributor over the years, is absolutely spectacular. Very cool. Sounds like a fun year indeed. Well, Judy, if you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? I raced an Oscar Maserati. And I just just looked it up and it was, I guess it was a 1955 Oscar Maserati, which I think is one of the most beautiful cars there is. And I think that is the car I would like to be. It is so, the 1950s designs were so stunning and iconic. It, they're just beautiful. So the, I have a 1952 Lancia Ardea, which isn't as beautiful, but it's still because it's more like a taxi cab. But the Oscar Maserati, fabulous. Oh, man, that is a beautiful car. They, I saw one of those at Retromobile in Paris on a stand and years back and ah uh, I had never seen one in in you know life and uh, I think I've seen one at the Pebble Beach event there was a guy that had one uh one of the tours and then ended up on the lawn as well they're beautiful cars so uh very nice I think you're well, I know you're the first one on the show to be one of those well you know you don't see them very often you don't see them very often at concours or no. uh, I've seen them a few times at there's an Italian Car Fest in um, Tuckahoe, New York, on, uh-huh. on the New York border, and there are many things. I saw a couple there, and there's a few, a couple we might see at Lime Rock for the Vintage Weekend on Labor Day, yeah. but otherwise, in the smaller shows, you, you, you rarely see them, and I think they're just stunning. Ah, uh, yeah, stunning. And so are you, Judy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Perfect fit. Well, up next is the last lap, but before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. 
You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. member, Finra Sipic. Are you looking for a way to get your products or services into the ears of thousands of automotive enthusiasts around the globe? I can help. This is Mark Green here at Cars Yeah, and I'd be honored to be an influencer and ambassador for your brand in a unique and personal way. Five days a week, thousands of subscribers and listeners enjoy the Cars Yeah podcast and website. Contact me today and I'll show you how at mark at carsyeah.com or connect with me through the Cars Yeah website at carsyeah.com. Okay, Judy, we are back and we're entering the last lap and I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So keep the revs up. What's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Don't just start up your old car and warm it up in the garage. You have to take it out and drive it up and down a driveway at least to warm up everything in the car. Absolutely. No trailer queens or garage queens allowed here at Cars Yeah. Drive your car. Have some fun with it. Don't save it for the next guy. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your success? Well, don't they say that the most important thing in in any person's success is to be on time? Mm. (laughs) Show up. Show up. Be reliable. Be on time. Have confidence. In particular for me, I think being around for as long as I have and being at events and being at very, very many different events, I'm not forgotten. I'm, uh, <laughs> yes. I'm there. I'm visible yeah. and maybe too visible sometimes, but, <laughs> but, uh, and, and, and have a general appreciation for everybody you meet and everything you do and have total respect for everybody. Yeah. You know, that, uh, just show up is such a simple concept, but even there's even folks out there that can't even get that right. It's like, right. I've hired people that were late to work all the time. And why can't you get here on time? Just here, I'll buy you an alarm clock. Just show up. It's half the battle. So I understand right. now. As far as resources, there's a lot of great ones out there, but could you uh, share one or two maybe with us that you think the Car Show listeners would enjoy? Well, the IMRRC up at Watkins Glen is racingarchive.org, archives, I think. If, if it's not archives, it's archive. Mm-hmm. Or .org, the GreenwichConcord.com, GreenwichConcord.com, and then RRDC.org. Those are all uh, very entertaining, educational, and obviously if you're interested in attending these events those oh yeah yeah awesome events now here's a good one for you if you could have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry or field living or deceased who would it be i thought about that there are many 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 but i think ayrton senna would be one of my favorites you know his his name has come up now quite often in the last few weeks i've just started asking this question and i loved following him in racing in fact i like him so much one of his quotes is on my business card what is it about ayrton that just intrigues you i mean obviously he's a race car driver successful intense guy but what would you like to talk with him about he's fascinating he's mysterious i think because i'm probably because i'm a woman i'm really interested in his personal life Mm -hmm. and what i'm always interested why people do what they do or or what is their background and 
family and it's just a slightly psychological yeah. aspect to oh, it. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trying to understand the man better. Absolutely. Now, how about a book? Uh, is there a book that you've read that you think our listeners should crack open and read as well? Well, again, there are many, many, and so many are written by so many of my racing friends. But the latest one that I really enjoy because I love Carl Kinehofer, who was Roger Penske's uh, mechanic in IndyCar and I think Can Am. Penske's Maestro is the name mm. by Gordon Kirby. And that came out last year, I believe. And that is an excellent book. T- talking about the team. Yeah, I was going to say that's a, re- a rather new book. So uh, great. I'm glad nobody's ever recommended that here. I'm glad that you recommended it. And I'll remind our listeners that, uh, yeah, it's a, I, I've got to get a copy myself. I've not read it. So uh, you've kind of reminded me I need to need to get that on my uh, bookshelf. Well, listeners, I'll remind you that you'll find all these great resources that Judy has shared on her show notes page at carsyeah.com. Just type Judy in the search bar and, and her page will pop up with all these great links in this book. And there's another great place on the Cars Yeah website called Guest Recommended Books where this book and all the books from the past 740 guests are listed for quick, easy clicks to buy. It's under the resources tab. Great, great place to go to find awesome books. All right, Judy, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question could be a real doozy. If you could have only one very cool collector car in your garage, but don't worry about the cost because today I'm going to buy you whatever you'd like, what would it be? Yeah, really. What would it be and why? (laughs) Well, can I say two? I'm going to say first the Oscar Maserati without question, but then the BMW 507. Okay. Well, boy, two very different cars. Now, since I've had 740 guests before you and nobody's allowed to pick two, (laughs) <laughs> BMW 507. Okay, you narrowed it down to the 507. Well, what is it about that? I mean, it's a, just a beautiful car. You know what's interesting to me about your choice here is, and maybe some purists out there might kind of frown at this, but I look at those two cars and there's some similarities in the, especially the front fender designs. Yeah. So what is it about the 507 that you love so much? Again, I think it's the lines. I think it's the 1950s style and the... 507 was very aggressive looking, and I just enjoyed the way it looked. I used to see one in New York City. I'd come out of the subway going to work, and it, every day there would be a 507 going down the road, yeah. down, I think it was Lexington Avenue. And I just love that car, and I just love the way it looks. I see a few here and there now, and it still looks just aligned. Yes, they're a little different. The Oscar's a little smoother. But the 507 is a little more aggressive, and I just love the styling of both of them. Yeah, the designer on that car, Gortz, if I say it, his name right, is the designer of that car. It's just a beautiful, beautiful car. Nice choice. What color would you like yours to be? Uh, uh, dark blue. Dar- oh, okay. Very beautiful. Okay. Well, I'll get to work on that, see what I can do for you. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Well, Judy, you have taken me on an awesome ride today. I've I've so enjoyed talking with you, and I want to thank you for sharing your automotive journey, an amazing journey with the Cars Yeah listeners and with me. Could you offer us one parting piece of guidance before you rip off into the sunset in that BMW 507? (laughs) Well, I would say, once again, be honest, kind, appreciative, respectful, enjoy people and your life, and never feel old. Just continue trucking along and doing whatever you like. And again, be reliable. Show up and, (laughs) and do what you enjoy doing. Absolutely. Words of wisdom from a lady that walks her talks and has been there and done that and more. What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with what you're doing these days? Is there a way for people to to stay in touch with you? 
I do not have a website. I don't feel the need for it because it's just more work, I think. But, <laughs> yeah. but if you Google me, I'm there. My yeah. sister called up one day and said, have you ever Googled yourself? I said, no. <laughs> she said, you should. Yeah. So, yeah, you can find most of everything there. Absolutely. Well, listeners, again, you can find links to everything that Judy shared on her show notes page at CarsYeah.com. Just type Judy in that search bar. Hey, Judy, thanks again for spending some time with me today. This has been delightful. I want to thank you for being so generous with your time and sharing your experiences with the Carjow listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you, Mark. I enjoyed it. You're welcome. What's every automotive enthusiast's dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage and the final structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garage is built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!